0: And I'm Steve And this is Streaming Things (laughs) That was more for you than me We're talking about the outfit today As requested by one of our beloved patrons Jeanette Murphy, what's up? What up? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That was for the YouTube Okay I introduced myself as Kit because I will, for hereafter, be known as Kit Laser, in case you didn't listen to uh, the Crossing Streams or the Mission Impossible Monday episode. I just want to catch up to speed. Kit Laser here. (laughs) (laughs) And luckily, Jeanette chose The Outfit, one of my favorite movies from 2022. I adored it. It was on my top best of the year list last year. Big, big fan. Written and directed uh, by one Graham Moore, well, co-written by Graham Moore, directed by Graham Moore. And this was Graham Moore's directorial debut. Mm -hmm. Uh, I believe they wrote The Imitation Game before this, a couple other movies, but their first uh, directing dalliance, if you will. And it stars Mark Rylance, the epic, the legendary, the incomparable Mark Rylance, uh, a man who transforms, I believe into his roles and uh, the amazing Zoe Deutsch and if you have not seen a movie called Buffaloed with Zoe Deutsch highly recommend it's a great little romp and yeah it was my second viewing of this movie uh, it also has what? what's his name Dylan uh, little handsome man what's his name
1: little handsome man you're gonna have to be more specific
0: There's handsome <laughs> Dylan, Dylan O'Brien. O'Brien that's his name Richie. I was right I was right Richie uh, Why yeah. did you call him a little handsome man? Because he's a handsome man. Okay, I, you know, I, don't, know think if was... I don't think he's huge. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's just my description. That's all. Okay, nothing, nothing behind it. Who's my little handsome man? <laughs> Who's my little Dylan? Dylan Brown. <laughs> uh, Love and Monsters. Have you seen that movie? Oh, uh, yeah, I love Lo- loving Monsters. A still and a brand, That's Dylan O'Brien, my guy. That's him. That's Dylan O'Brien. Wow. Yeah. I would not have guessed. Yeah, the same he guy. really transformed into the role of Richie this week. Yeah, we love these old Chicago gangsters, right? You and I are probably going to have a blast being like, yeah, see? Yeah, see? Yeah, smoking a cigarette, see? Mugsy, Mugsy, Get your hands up. Stop it. <laughs> I don't know. If, I, I said it like he was like taking the last cookie. Stop it. Stop it. Hey. You had three. I had two. We he- agreed we'd
1: split them. <laughs> If you don't get your hands off my cookies, I'm going to put my spats so far up your ass. Yeah. Yeah. Same? Spats.
0: Let's make lives, eh? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
1: love, say. Oh, okay. Love me tender. Okay. Love me tender.
0: I will. I, you know I wouldn't. You know I wouldn't do it any other way. Uh, so, yeah, it's my second viewing. So, Steve, now that I've spilled the beans, the beans are out of the bag on how mm. much I like this movie. Mm. What do you think of this movie, The Outfit? I... Let me get this out of the way.
1: I fucking love this movie. I really, really had a good time with this. Uh, I so I've when I when I first turned this on, I had no idea what this was, and I think it wasn't until after I finished watching it that I remember. Oh, I remember Chris talking about this on a Cross Extreme episode in the way way back. Um, but yeah, going into this, I I knew next to nothing about it. I saw in the description that Mark Rylance was in it. I'm like oh, I like Mark Rylance, but as the movie went on and on. You know, it's like, oh, okay, it's uh, some sort of tailor or a cutter. Sorry, I don't want to offend anybody. <sighs> Ugh, that was close. My bad. Um, Any idiot with a needle and thread in 15
0: minutes can be a tailor. They yeah. still on buttons, Steve.
1: <laughs> but yeah, the movie starts. I'm thinking, oh, okay, it's about this uh, tailor, cutter, soldier, spy. Um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and and then it becomes like oh it's 1950 Chicago oh the mobs here oh it's a completely different movie but then it never becomes either of the movies I thought it was going to be because it's, this is actually much more a stage play than a movie yeah like it uses the tools that a, that being in the medium of a, a movie provides but it's this incredibly intimate movie that never leaves the four walls of his shop the entire time Like the only exterior shot in the movie is of his tailor shop. And I love it when movies do this because it means like, hey, forget all the nonsense going outside. What really matters are the characters inside and what they're saying and doing to each other. Yeah. And it's really, really smart. The actors are incredible at it. As the the movie keeps progressing, like each, each movie, like the movie has like several acts, I'd say. Like not even three acts, but like maybe chapters is the correct word. But each chapter kind of begins and it ends with Mark Rylance's Leonard just like schooling everybody. And it became this really fun game in my mind, like, oh, shit, a problem occurred. How's Leonard going to school him? And I really was along for the ride. I thought it was very, very smart. I loved all the performances. It was just I had such a pleasant time with this movie. And it came out of left field for me because, like I said, I didn't know anything about it going in. Those are the was best so, experiences I was so happy. So Jeanette Murphy, thank you for suggesting this. I love this movie so much.
0: It's my favorite kind of movie, and I say this a lot, but it's like, and I said it on the The Birdcage episode whenever that airs on Patreon. Um, it's similar in a lot of ways that because that was based on a play, right? And so, it's like movies that are like they kind of play out like a play, or like chamber pieces where they're one location. Yeah. Uh, I love it so much because it allows the actors to breathe. All you have is good writing and good acting. Uh, I mean, of course, there's good cinematography, but for the most part, there's no bombast or anything to like, here's some candy, you know? Like, yeah, oh. It's
1: just like, here are your vegetables. They've been sauteed very well. Yeah, sure. Enjoy that I, shit.
0: Those are my favorite. I love them so much. Like 10 Cloverfield Lane, a movie by Dan Trachtenberg that's all in a bunker. 12 Angry Men. 12 Angry Men is uh, fucking fantastic. That is an
1: incredible, like that, talk about a movie that's like, how, oh, when did 12 Angry Men come out? It's an older movie. Yeah, the uh, late 50s, late I believe. Late 50s. That is the perfect example of a movie that takes place in one room. It's in a room, the jury pool, and 57. These 12 angry men. These 12 angry, an, men. In a, these 12 angry <laughs> men in a jury are literally talking out how they're gonna convict this person on trial. And it's riveting and it's such great writing. And when movies can achieve that, it's so it's almost more impressive to me than say, like a Michael Bay explosion fest you know what i mean like even though that in and of itself is super impressive to like do that but this is just so small
0: stakes green room is another one from modern times oh i need to see green room i haven't seen it's fantastic it's it's got some extra set pieces to it but for the most part it's in one place Reservoir dogs you know it doesn't happen as much nowadays which is why i love the outfit so much because like hitchcock did it all the time he's got like six movies like this i've never seen rope but that's supposed to be one of the best examples of all time a
1: train considered
0: that I think so. Yeah. But if, I mean, if you switch setups a lot, even though it's technically in one place, uh, I don't think it counts. That's true. Yeah, um, Me personally, it's got to be like the same room. Uh, buried. Have you ever seen that? Uh, with Ryan Reynolds? Yeah. yeah. I don't love the movie, but the entire thing takes place in a box and it's just him. And it's really impressive. Yeah. You know, Locke. Incredible example. Oh, it's yeah, all Locke. just Tom yeah. Hardy in a car on the phone. Um, it doesn't happen as much anymore because I think it was like a, a, a monetary demand back in the day. Cause they were doing it so much was on set on studio. Like, you know, they would mm-hmm. have to build the stages and stuff.
1: Yeah. And also it's cheaper if you have the, the less locations you have in general, it's, yeah. it's cheaper to film. Yeah.
0: But nowadays people are just, they really want the, you know, the big set pieces. And, yeah. um, I think a lot of filmmakers go for that. But man, I do love it. Uh, there's a movie called Free Fire by Ben Wheatley that didn't get much love, but it's got like um, I think Army Hammer, but Brie Larson and uh, uh, Chartel Copley, who was in like uh, District Nine. Uh, yeah, I love Chartel Copley. Those folks all in like a giant gang shootout in one room. And it's like a one. It's it's worth checking out for that reason. I love the shit. This is my What's favorite that called? type.
1: That sounds awesome.
0: Called Free Fire. Free Fire. Okay. Yeah, it's very. It's it, it didn't get a lot of love. It, it wasn't perfect, but it's. I think it's underrated, as they would as the kids would say. Uh, so when this came out, I was like, "Wow, love it, love it!" Wowie. And then uh, watching it again last night, I saw some extra details because this type of movie, any good movie, gets better every time you see it because it allows your brain time to ch- soak in the extra details. And if there's something there, if there's there there, then you get it, right? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. And uh, <laughs> no. that was my experience with this movie. All knowing the conclusion, not worrying about the surprise and suspense, and focusing on the setups and the indications and all that stuff. It was all there. I had a great time with it. I love it more than I ever did. I think it might be one of the best screenplays that we've had in the 2020s easily, but maybe in the last decade or so. I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. Go, Graham Moore and Jonathan McClain. Go, (gasps) Graham Moore.
1: His name's John McClain. (gasps) Wasn't
0: there a big joke about that like
1: uh, in the Oscars? Was it last year or the year prior where John McClain could win a writing credit or something? There was some sort of joke about this guy's name.
0: Uh, I don't, I don't. It went over my head. If, if I. I
1: think we talked about it on this show because Andy was making the joke. I believe, if memory serves me, I can't uh, quite remember what it was. We'll have to get get him on here and be like, Andy. (laughs) Actually, let's call him now.
0: (laughs) He's only got three writing credits, and I've never heard of any of these things. Four Mm. episodes of Live and Maddie, the outfit, and an upcoming movie called the called Pirouette, but it's Mm. a short film. Nah, nah, nah. Nah, See, you're making stuff up. You're being a. It's a Fugazi. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Zoe Deutsch, uh, up and coming in my mind is like uh, an incredible talent. She's been around a while, but I mean, to me, uh, I've just been soaking up a lot of her work recently, and I'm very impressed. Uh, Dylan O'Brien, handsome young man, and uh, oh, Jonathan McLean actually plays. One the F- of the FBI agents? Yeah, he's the re- co-writer, but he plays the FBI agent. It's interesting.
1: I liked the guy, uh, Johnny Flynn, the dude who plays Francis. I thought he was... He was great. He was a good presence. I, I think this is the first time I've seen him in a movie before. Uh, so I, I'm going
0: to look out for that guy in the in the future. Johnny Flynn, you got Moxie, you, and my eyes on you. But wh- I only got one of them. He was in the movie, Emma. Clouds of Sils Maria, little known fact. I'm mm. a big fan Of Kristen Stewart. She's in that movie. You? She's in that movie. Mm. Me, Kit Lazer. Love it. By the way, if anything happens one day, it could be Kit and K Stew. Just saying. KK. Kristen Lazer. Let's manifest that for you, buddy. Thank you. Thank you very much. So a little bit of Bernie Sanders creeping into my uh, gangster accent from Chicago. Chicago. From the 50s. The Bears. The Bears. The Bulls. Were the Bears around yet in the 50s? Probably not. We don't know. No, They didn't, they, they didn't play sports back then. <laughs> All they did was shoot Tommy guns and drink bourbon. 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 <laughs> what a time to have lived back then. The mob so, ran a neighborhood. I want to ask you this. I want to ask I ask you this. Talking in, ask, ask me this. We're just talking in general about the movie. Because I'll be honest, guys, I don't have any notes for this. My daughter's <laughs> been very ill. I'm always honest with our listeners. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and you, you've had a rough
0: week with her. <sighs> it's been a fucking hell of a week. I'm missing her greatly right now. Um, what did you think at the end? Because a lot of people think this is a great movie, mm-hmm. but there was like one too many, two too many twists at the end. I've seen that criticism a lot. What do you think? Did you get a little like like when the t- by the time like Richie pops back up and you know stuff like that? Were you like, ah, okay. Or were you like, oh, I'm in. I'm in. I'm fucking in. I'm you know, Steve. I, I think
1: I think that's a valid criticism. I didn't necessarily mind it the very, very end, specifically when Richie pops up. Or not Richie, I'm sorry.
0: Um nah, I said Richie, uh, I, I said uh, you up for failure, uh, Francis. Uh,
1: Francis, when Francis pops up again. Um Richie's dead. I, I but, <laughs> but there's a part where like Francis gets the best of Leonard and it seems he's got him and Leonard goes on another like, you know, when I was at the row, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I
1: had me, me shears. Well, that's when you get the actual
0: backstory, backstory of the third time, but the real truth. That yeah, he was a gangster.
1: Yeah, he was a gangster. He reveals his tattoos and it's like a really cool moment. But there was a part of me that was
0: like and the whole thing's on fire and shit. And you're like, oh. yeah, there was a part of me that was like,
1: OK, I. I feel like I could have been okay with, I would have liked the movie just as much, even if it had ended the scene prior. Mm -hmm. But I, I really did like the, the kind of the closing dialogue where it's like, you know, you can work on something your whole life,
0: but you gotta pack it up and it's not perfect, but you gotta do it again. His plan, you know, the, the way that it's a metaphor for the plan and, and, uh, and, and and it's a closing, it's a bookend for the narrative device that, that how the movie opens, which is him Narrating, get, how narrating that. about cutting, yeah. tailoring, making a suit, yeah. uh, which we also find out is like a diegetic narration because he's that's what he put on the fake FBI tape, you know, that they can't actually uh, that everybody's arguing over. Yeah. And I, I fucking I think it's genius. I really do. I think yeah. it's so tight. No, I really like it, too. And as
1: somebody so uh, that whole idea of, hey, you can work on this thing you're passionate about for forever. You could always be trying to make it perfect, but at a certain point you have to put down your shears and move on to the next thing or else you never finish it. Like, Don't let perfection get in the way of productivity. Sometimes,
0: Steve, sometimes you just have to stab the guy in the throat. Set everything on fire and
1: leave. See, he has, you know, he stabs the guy in the throat. When I was in college and people were having trouble. Go on. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And when I was in college and people had trouble kind of, ending their projects they were always trying to make their projects perfect and they were killing themselves doing it i people knew me as the guy i would tell people i have a fuck it button where i get to a point in all of my projects no matter how unperfect it is i will say fuck it i'm done it'll never be better than this i'm tired of working on it yeah (laughs) and some was a, a classmate i had that was like i wish i had that like i'm literally killing myself i'm staying up for hours and hours and hours to make this perfect and i'm like yeah It is one project in an editing class.
0: Fuck it. (laughs) That's what our philosophy is on streaming things. Yeah. Fuck Fuck it. it. Voila. I'm bald. Love, love. Let (laughs) people fuck. And fuck it. (laughs)
1: Let me see that peen. That's (laughs) That's another one I'm introducing. This week, of all the movies I've seen this week, that's been something I've yelled a lot.
0: Kit Laser approves. That's right, baby. What do you want to do? A quick and
1: dirty run through. Is that I do. I do. Okay, Chicago, nineteen fifty-six. A man enters the outfit building. L. Burrow or Burling bespoke, bespoke, bespoke. Yeah, and he talked to bespoke. bespoke. <laughs> yeah, you talk about it's 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 Leonard, played by Mark Rylance. He's you look kind at me of, when
0: you're bespeaking to me. Yes, sir.
1: <laughs> I I don't mean to be dropping no no offense.
0: <laughs> no Eve, sir. No Honest.
1: Eve. Uh, yeah, so uh, Mark Rylance is as Leonard, he's kind of giving his whole spiel. A suit consists of two parts, a jacket and trousers, but those are composed by four different fabrics cotton, silk, mohair, and wool. Those are cut into 38. And he goes on and on and on and on. He's really kind of saying, like, the act of making a suit is no a big less detailed than thing.
0: 227 steps.
1: Yeah. And in doing so, you may think you have to make a suit for the client, but really you just have to measure a man that way. How does he stand? Does he want to be noticed? Does he want to
0: blend in? You got to measure the man to cut the suit for him. Is he looking a peacock or is he looking to blend in with grays and browns? What kind of man are you, Chris? Are you a peacock or are you a blender? I do prefer neutral colors, but I also feel like I am one who likes attention. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I don't know how to answer that. I just, I'm really bad with fashion. As you saw at the Spider-Man premiere.
1: (laughs) I thought you were crushing it.
0: It's a t-shirt. I like to peacock when I'm in my, when I'm in a suit. You do you. you has
1: got to be floral a floral suit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't want to just do like black suit and tie. No, I need a a, a jacket that says, "Look at me, I'm here." Uh-huh. Look, look at, at me. me. Hey. Look at me. You look at me. Look at me when I'm bespoken to you. <laughs> I'm the captain now. <laughs> uh, but Leonard, he you know he's making a suit. Uh, he walks into a store. He asks his uh, uh, what do you call her secretary, secretary Mabel played by Zoe woman. Oh, is she's there, but as he's making the suit, these two men, they're kind of shady. They're wearing fedoras. There's some sort of male drop box in the corner of his room. They just waltz on in. Like place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be a very different movie if it was a different <laughs> thing. Uh, they walk in. They go into the box. They seem to be, like, talking about business. Ooh, there's this weird little symbol on one of the envelopes, and it's got them all in the tizzy. The little, they're in a tizzy. Yeah, they're in a tizzy. Like, ooh, what's this? What's this now? Hey, here. Look at this. See? <laughs> is that from the outfit? Oh, boy. Yeah. What, you think the outfit was created by a man
0: who makes outfits? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so I, I think the outfit is real, but he fabricated the messages from them, mm-hmm. right? I don't know.
1: I i, I got the I got the feeling that.
0: Mm, or he invented the whole he thing. He
1: invented the concept of the outfit told them what it was through the letters, and they just believed him and like, went Oh, with that it. sounds cool. I want to be in it. Oh, you mean a network of mobsters working together across the globe? Because <laughs> that tracks for what mobsters do? Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. I'm special. Forget about it. <laughs> we
0: just got to kill the La Fontaine. Forget about it. It's being forgotten. It's Chicago, not New York. That's true. Uh, I respect but-
1: it. But yeah, they, they want Leonard to leave so that they can look what's in this envelope. Leonard goes up front. Uh, he has this little dialogue with his secretary, Mabel. Uh, what's in the mail? Anything. But she's got a snow globe, a new snow globe. She likes to collect those. Uh, this one is from London. 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 Big Ben. Big I, Ben. It's I, just I, a clock. I, I love the, like, I want to go see Big Ben. It's just a clock. <laughs> <laughs> He's, He's trying he, to keep he, her safe. He has no time for this clock. Literally. Uh, Yeah, he tells her like all he has is his shears and you, but he knows it's not going to be forever because they have a very. Because they rust. Oh,
0: you mean it's really. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I took that wrong. With
1: Mabel, with Mabel. Yeah, they have like a familial, like a paternal relationship with her. Like.
0: (laughs) Did she just Porky it?
1: I did. (laughs) (laughs) Paternal.
0: Yeah, it's like his daughter. It's almost as if he used to have a daughter that he doesn't have anymore Mm -hmm. because he does.
1: And she kind of says, hey, are you offended that those guys made you come up here in your own shop where they read the mail? And he's like, no, I don't really care. Speak of the devils. They're here. And Richie, who's the younger of the two, it's he's Richie and prickly. Francis. Yeah. Richie's like, what do you mean by that? Hey, guy, my guy, you compare me to the devil? <laughs> you think I'm himself? Satan? Hmm? You think I'm Beelzebub? No. A? Asmodeus? No. Asmodeus? I go to church every Sunday. Yeah. All right. I may put guys into dirt, but I ain't the devil. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You were going to say something, you made your eyes. I was was listening
0: while you were bespeaking.
1: oh, that's true. You look at me when I'm bespeaking. Uh, so this cuts to them. They're folding handkerchiefs, they're kind of talking about her goals and what she wants to do. And she's like, Hey, you know, you're not my dad, you're not my dad, you can't tell me what to do, that type of thing. And he's like, She's like, I'm sorry about that. And
0: he's like, No, I'm not.
1: Yeah, he tries to hook her up with the apprentice of the horologist up the street, it's a nice young boy
0: Mm -hmm. at the horologist uh, place. Cloth, well, While she's folding, I love the detail that he's so meticulous and passionate about everything that he does. If you notice that she's young, she's in a hurry to live her life and get in trouble and make bad decisions, as we all are at that age. And she's haphazardly folding these, these pieces of cloth. Mm-hmm. And he's got these perfect squares stacked perfectly, and hers is all over the place. And he like looks at it as she walks out. And you know he's going to redo everything she just did. There was no point in her doing No, It's bothering the shit out of him. Uh, I just love that little touch. If you
1: want to raise you've got to learn how to fold a bloody square. (laughs) Uh, But he goes to bed Uh, he hears a crackling fire in the background during his nightly routine. Does he go to bed or does
0: he pass the fuck
1: out? Uh, He's drinking.
0: (laughs) On his workbench. He's
1: getting getting that drink.
0: (laughs) He goes to bed the way Andy goes to
1: bed. (laughs) (laughs) With some fireball cinnamon whiskey. That's right. <laughs> uh, but while he's kind of uh, sitting there, he hears Mabel and wouldn't you know it, Richie come in. Wouldn't you know it? Uh, oh. Oh. Like, Leonard definitely doesn't like that. You can tell he's, he's not he's not a huge fan of Master Richie. No, no. Uh, but he yeah, Richie's no good. Richie's kind of peacocking. Um he you know he cares about what he does. He has no sense of humor because at one point she's like, "Oh, you're you're very sweet." And he's like, "Well, you saying I'm sweet? Huh? What do you mean by that? You think I'm I, I I can't get it up? Huh? What do you say about
0: that?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you mean about the size of my ween? That, that's the that's the energy he he's gives He's jealous off. of Francis and his ability, you know, because yeah. he's he's just a nepo baby of the mob. Yeah. And he's very aware of that and unhappy about it because she says something like uh, you know, he's he's so good at what he does. Just like, "You baby." You what know? do you mean by that? Whoa, you making fun of me? Don't fucking make fun of me.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, because Francis, they mentioned, like, he has taken six marbles for his pops, mm-hmm. which means he took six bullets. Oh, is that what it means? Yeah, because at one point uh, when Richie gets I shot, I thought they, calls, they played I got marbles. marbles
0: a lot, and he had won six of them. Because, you know, you get to keep them sometimes in victory.
1: <laughs> I wish that was, I really <laughs> wish that was. Dude, he, whips my, he whipped my pop's ass in marbles. He's got six of them shits. <laughs> Those are expensive. Oh, n- I can never beat my dad. He's, He's so, so good, good at marbles. <laughs> He's so wicked good. <laughs> uh, but they also mentioned that Francis thinks that their organization has a rat. And we all know that uh, they're not talking about a pet rat. They're not talking no. about scabbers. This is uh, like the
0: rat from The Departed. Uh, uh, who was that? Who, uh, Matt Damon? Well, don't spoil it. <laughs> <laughs> it's even the premise. But who are you? They, who are you? They just talk about a rat a lot in that movie. And then everybody hates the ending where Scorsese showed a rat going across the floor. I think it's funny. It I, like, I love that movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I saw a tweet the other day that was like, uh, it was like it was a script, and it was Martin Scorsese. Like, I just want to announce that I'm dying. I can't make any more movies any longer because of my illness. I appreciate everyone following my career. The love you have shown me all these many years is so great. And I really appreciate being on this life journeys with you. And then the reporter asks him, so what do you think of Wakanda too?" Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> they're always digging at him about Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Martin Scorsese. They, they just want to pull a quote.
1: Uh, but Leonard's least listening in on them. He's peeping. He makes a little noise. They kind of go to check on him. But He, he drops kinda, like he, a tack. Yeah, he's playing dead, though. And they're like, huh. oh, man, he drank himself with that fireball cinnamon whiskey. <laughs> it's so cute that he's an alcoholic. Adorable. Ruffle that hair. Step two is drawing. It's enjoyable. It's about exploring. Uh, <laughs> Heed your patterns. They're there for a reason. It's not all It's craft.
0: And that's actually another like thing I noticed on the second watch. I think they're talking about screenwriting and they're talking about tropes. And because this is a very tried, you're talking about Chicago gangsters from the fifties. You're talking about a chamber piece movie uh, about finding the rat and uh, the idea of even the idea of a tailor uh, being a spy. All of this is tread ground previously tread ground. Right. And that's what he's saying. Heed your patents. They're not the enemy. Like this is stuff that works. And this is why the movie is it's fuck. I'm telling you, man, Mm -hmm. it's genius. It's really good. Really good. Uh,
1: There seems to be a cassette drop in the, in the mailbox. Uh, but then eventually this leads to someone's at the door. Uh, Leonard goes to answer and it. <laughs> Have you heard answer? about
0: our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ?
1: <laughs> Hello. <laughs> How does that sound? My name is
0: Father Tom. The, <laughs> I, don't,
1: the, I don't know. The, uh, the, the Book of Mormon.
0: I never saw the Book of Mormon.
1: Oh, that opening bit. So funny. I'm hyped for it's it. So good. That, I would like to tell you about the most amazing book.
0: <laughs> I wanted to see it on Broadway and it was like $500 a ticket. If you could get a ticket when I was in New York. And so I didn't see it then. And then I know it came to the off and stuff, but I never, never went. I got to see it on Broadway when I was in New York. Wow. Last really? Year, yeah. Oh, last year? Yeah. Yeah. This was like 2015.
1: Mm-hmm. When it was like when new it, yeah. and big. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. With amazing. Josh
1: Gad, probably.
0: Probably. I didn't even know he was in it. Oh,
1: he, he was the original, like, um, I forget the character's name, but he was the original one. That was. Like, Hi, I'm Josh Gad being Josh Gad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that character. But there's someone at the door. Richie's been shot. Francis has helping <sighs> him in. They're like, get inside. He took um, a marble. He took a marble. We get to see, I, I, I wrote this in my notes because I thought it was funny at first, but it's actually a very important thing where he carefully takes off Richie's coat and seems to take more care for the coat than Richie, who's been shot. And at first, when I wrote the note down, I'm like, oh, that's really funny. He like cares more about the, the fashion than the human being. That's kind of funny. But no, he's actually doing it for a very specific purpose later on. We come to find out. Uh, but Richie, there's this kind of dynamic between Francis and Richie, as you mentioned before, they're kind of rivals. Richie froze, that's why he got shot. The LaFontaines jumped them both and uh this makes Francis even more you know sure like we definitely have a rat rat in the organization uh this is where he says that uh Richie has a marble in his belly uh and they want um Leonard to sew him up he's got shears he's got thread you can sew him up I was a doctor in the war you at your age and the other one <laughs> I the world that. war one mm-hmm. mm-hmm thought that was fun uh so he sews him up uh Richie passes out from all the blood loss um and then Francis is looking at the cassette tape, and Francis is kind of thinking, like, I got to get out of here. I need to know what's on this tape because there's a rat. Maybe it's because they haven't listened to it yet, but if they can find something that they allows them to listen to it, maybe they can figure out who uh, did that. So Francis leaves to go find some sort of cassette player to listen to it, but he leaves the tape uh, with Leonard, and he says, "You're like it or not, Leonard, you're now part of the family because the whole time Leonard's like, can you guys just go? I just... I wanted to drink my Fireball Cinnamon Whiskey. I was going to make a whole I'm night. I'm not going
0: to lie. I'm super hungover. I'm I really little, hungover. I need a hair of the dog. What do you I think? got. I got a fat doobie. I got a fat doobie. It <laughs> took me six hours to roll up because I'm so meticulous. <laughs> I mean, I cut the paper myself. It takes forever. All right, I'll stay. All right, I get it. <laughs> I'm just saying. But the, so the tape is supposed to be the recording of. Um, uh, uh, of like, them talking, like they're like, their dealings. One of
1: the Hoover boys planted a bug in one of our
0: spots. And if we listen to this cassette tape, we Why can figure do out the where the that is. Why do the vacuum cleaner owners care in their mind, do you think?
1: Well, because they just don't like what Roy's doing to the neighborhood, you know? He's like, all about, like, hey, Roombas are the way of the future, and they're going <laughs> to bite that shit in the bud. That was a Hoover
0: joke, see? Ah. No, and their idea is that they'll know who is behind the bug if they know the room that the sound is coming from, mm-hmm. right? Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices. The path forward is not always clear. Like you never know. Sometimes I used to sell cars for a living and I hated that job, but I made good money. I was able to buy a house. I was gone from my family all the time. I would podcast whenever I could. I didn't get to see many movies. I worked every Thursday night. It was terrible, but I was like, I gotta do this. I got stuck in the middle-class grind where I was like, hey, this is what's right for my family. Me to be miserable. We feel like we're stuck. We don't know what to do. So whether you're dealing with decisions around your career, sometimes in a relationship or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life. So you can move forward with confidence and excitement, trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything else. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. And like I said, I had to have a lot of practice and it was talking through that stuff with someone else that helped me. And that's why you could find a therapist using better help that meshes with your values your values. In the way that you see life in that perspective, and they can talk you through in a way that you find valuable and that you understand. So you can do it entirely online, get matched with a therapist like this that you enjoy, that you find value in. And if you find that it's not working, you can switch at any time. It's extremely easy to switch it. So just think about that. Think about how close you are to finding a therapist to better your entire life. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Let therapy be your map with better help. Visit betterhelp.com slash streaming things today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H E L P dot com slash streaming things.
1: So Francis goes off. Uh, Leonard begins kind of re-repairing. Was it his jacket sleeve that he like kind of ripped out? And he's like, it was one of, it was the jacket he was working on. I think it's the jacket he yeah.
0: leaves the movie with. But he's actually sewing the tape into it.
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But you think he's like repairing it and it's it's fucking genius. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, But Richie wakes up. Hey, English, I want to talk to you because they call him English. Yeah, because he's
0: from England, Toronto. (laughs) (laughs) Or if he was just Canadian. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, Yeah. And he kind of shares a story like, hey, Richie,
1: um, your dad was one of the first people I met when I came to America. I like how there's kind of this like he's got good taste. (laughs) that there's a little bit of jovialness you feel, or you think there is between Leonard and Richie's dad. Fun to talk to. Uh, That was his first customer. And he kind of tells this really funny story about like, uh, you know, I used to, I'm a, I'm not a tailor. I'm a cutter. And like you said, anybody can be a a tailor. I learned on Savile Row and which is like a really big cultural. Yeah, it's the row. It's a big cultural arts place uh, in London. And, You know, he's like, what happened to your place? Did the krauts bomb it? No, worse.
0: Blue jeans. (laughs) That's a running joke. You know, Like the fashion of the time, Dean Martin. uh, And I actually I've always wanted to be the kind of guy that wears suits all the time. I really when I was a kid, I idolized wearing suits. But we were poor. I never saw my dad in a suit once, you know, so it was just like ah, I would watch these movies. Like, I just want to wear a suit every day. Oh, Mm -hmm. I would if I could. And my dad was like, I used to have a job where I had to wear a suit every day. Trust me. It's not cool. It sucks. <laughs> and I'm like, nah, I want to wear. And I still, to this day, I really enjoy wearing suits. I just rarely have an occasion. I, I only bought one for the Spider-Man premiere. And, you know, it's like a $200 suit, right? So it's just yeah. like, but I would like a nice tailored suit. I, I would. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. Yeah.
1: He even uh, Leonard also kind of goes down this this route where he tells, like, I have something to tell you, Richie. I'm the rat. I let the FBI so plant funny. their bugs here. It's a weird scene. but And Richie just laughs at him, like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, because he knew that would happen. Yeah. and But in the moment... Were you like, oh, we just, oh, the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, shit, he's a hundred percent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause the way plant. he sets it up is like laying it on too thick to be a joke. You know, I didn't want anybody to get hurt, you know, all that, that whole stuff. Um, and he's a like, heck of a thing to joke about, you know, it's left us the best medicine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, but yeah, blue jeans kind of forced him out of his, uh, store in the row. He said he came to Chicago's that, so it's not a place weighed down by bitter history, but also he loves red hots. They are delicious. Is that the candy, like the little red, fiery? I candy? thought they were the
0: hot dogs, but it could be like the actual candy oh, I now. I think it could be hot dogs. Yeah, because
1: would they have that
0: candy like back?
1: Probably in 50s? they had a lot of
0: candy. That's true. Taffy, like gross. Go to the candy. store for a nickel, you can get a whole bag. Oh my god! Add a, a bunch of weed
1: uh, for a nickel. Leonard kind of makes the pointed issue like, oh, is, I hope your cousin's all right. Francis ain't my cousin.
0: He's a, he's a son of that, a bitch. Says that on purpose. mm mm-hmm. Oh, you don't think Francis could be the rat? He's family. No way. Oh, no. He seems cool. And just then? You could probably trust him with your girlfriend. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: <laughs> but speak of that devil, Francis is back. Uh, but Richie doesn't trust him now because of what, the, these little seeds that Leonard's kind of planted. Well, Leonard goes out and
0: preps him to be suspicious. It's like, oh, he's in there talking crazy. He said, totally. you have a tiny wiener. I don't even know. That's not of my business, sir. I just wanted you guys to leave. <laughs> we started talking about Red Hots, and he's like,
1: you know what's smaller than a Red Hot? Francis. <laughs> I thought, oh,
0: delicious. It's weird. I don't know. Anyway, he's in there.
1: Uh, but yeah, Francis kind of comes delicious. in, <laughs> and he's like, hey, your dad is like a dad to me, but Rich kind of like makes fun of him. Oh, your dad? Your real dad? He's a loser. He died poor. He's one of them poors, right? Didn't mm-hmm. accomplish anything. Ooh. Why don't you, uh, why don't you uh, want my pops to listen to that tape, Francis? There's like this big What do you think about this? Like knowing how the movie ends, where neither of them have a reason to hide this tape from Francis's dad. What do you think about
0: this whole scenario? I thought it was weird of Francis not to be like, okay, let's wait for your dad. Mm -hmm. You know, but it's it's all ego, unless unless you believe that he believes that his dad is literally in danger every second that they don't know who's listening to the tape, and so he really does for his for you know the mob boss's safety demand that they go as soon as possible t- to listen to this tape. Mm-hmm. That's the only excuse that because it was frustrating to watch it is each time because it's like, you know why Richie is kind of super insecure, dumb, mm-hmm. Nepo baby, kind of just stuck on this idea that Richie is the is the or that Francis is the uh the rat. But why Francis doesn't just back down. Like you're the boss's son. If he, he will be here as soon as you say, then fuck it. You know, mm-hmm. you just got shot anyway. I'm supposed to take care of you. It's like my whole job is to take care of you. Yep. It's weird that it works on him so well. Mm-hmm. But also Leonard prepped him. And so he know he's offended that Richie thinks he's the rat. <laughs> yeah. He's taken six mobbles. Leonard's for just boss. gaslighting mob dudes this whole fucking movie. It's yeah. just kind of a G of move. <laughs> and he, he even gets LaFontaine at the end. Yeah. It's really small, but he's like, she's going to get arrested. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, But, yeah, they open up the briefca- briefcase, and oh, the tape is gone. It's missing. So immediately, Richie draws his gun on Francis. Uh, oh, oh. Calm heads, Master Richie. <laughs> Calm heads prevail. Uh, they have a little standoff, which eventually I love this little bit where Leonard purposely kind of like makes a little noise yeah. so that Richie looks at him and then Francis can draw his gun and shoot him real quick. Yeah. Like he's he's such a G. It's all planned. He's all he's got this all planned down to a T. I love it. And so, like, knowing how it ends and kind of like revisiting the whole thing, it's like, wow, it's so ah, it's so good. I love, I love this. Um, yeah, Francis kind of, you know, digs the knife in a little bit on Richie's like, you're not gonna die because you're dumb, arrogant, or slow. You die because you're weak. Pew. Shoots him in the face. In the face. Oh, my gosh! Why'd you make me do that, Richie? Ah, what'd you make me do? <sighs> what'd I do? What'd I do? <laughs> uh, there's stuff for Richie in a trunk. Uh, and now, uh, Roy's coming. The boss, Richie's the daddy's boss. Coming. And, uh, I, I, I love this idea. big man's caddy. Because now, um... Francis is like, oh shit! Now I have to lie to my boss because no matter what happens, even though
0: Richie caused this, right? And Leonard I manipulates can, him more by being like, "Well, just explain the situation. I'm sure he'll understand." I didn't just—I didn't cut his shorts.
1: He I killed his son. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so now he Francis thinks he has to hide the body, lie to his boss because no matter what happens, he thinks Roy Roy will kill him regardless because he technically shot his kid. Um. So they stuff Richie in, his, in a trunk. Uh, I, what's the, what's Roy, Roy's buddy's name? Uh,
0: Monk. Monk. I love the moment where the tension in the room is high and Roy steps out to answer the phone or something or call somebody on the phone. And it's just him. Monk looks at Francis and he's just like, what's up? What's yeah, up? Cause there are friends. They're like, they're like acquaintances, you yeah. know, but he's in this moment, he's got to be awkward and stern, but he's like, Hey what's up buddy begrudgingly lights his cigarette too like (laughs) ah, it's kind of awkward man here you go
1: yeah because francis tells roy like oh richie went looking for you i thought he was with you yeah Uh, i i I can't tell richie what to do you know how he is he went looking for you i think he went to your house so yeah roy steps out to call their house and hey is richie there he's not oh damn uh (laughs) and um so roy goes comes back out and he's like hey dude uh i need you to get out of here francis i need you to go find my boy i'm gonna hang out here I'm gonna hang out with my boy Leonard. You go find Reggie. Uh, but you know who I want to shout out real quick. Who? Who could you possibly? The lights in the dark that give us a a, a pathfinding trek. Duke Energy no oh, okay fuck duke energy <laughs> what's the opposite of a plug <laughs> mm. uh, no i want to give a shout out to our patrons for the month of june yes, eh? thank you to everybody who goes on the patreon.com streaming things and supports us at any tier whatsoever uh but one of the tiers you can sign up for is a tier where we shout out your name shout on it the
0: show these, these are, are the I things
1: i can do without come, come on, on. I'm talking to you. Come on, Chester Copperpot. I'm talking to you, Stan Valentino's Fento Seven Pills, baby. Jay Scramo, A.K. Ashley Ray, Alan Tomlinson, Wendy O'Laughlin, Jason Hawkins, Trey Barrera, Conrad, David Malfara, Kaylee Sampson, Rabbit Dog in a Barbie Car, Jose Ruben Cruz Rodriguez, Alexis Adler, Thomas Alexander, Emmy, Joe Velez, Valerie, Aaron Leighton, John Collins, Amanda King, Sun Loving Mortal, Andrew Gray, Ja'Jinklitch, Morgan, Jen Robinson, Kate, Chloe Richardson, Kalisha Reese, Kiki Newton, Kevin Strother, Jeanette. Murphy- who suggested this episode? Casey McCain and Enza. Thank Enza. you guys so much. We love you so much. But this begins the next set of uh, narration by uh, Leonard. Leonard English. Eric, uh, if a, if a customer says, "I want you to cut the 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 sleeves," I tell them the problems in the shoulders, and they say, "No, cut the sleeves." So what do I do? I cut the shoulders. And they say, "Oh, it's exactly what I wanted to." I
0: love I that. For. I love that story. Every story. I actually love every story Leonard tells. I yeah. really do. That story in particular is a
1: hundred percent true. Like if you've ever done anything with customer service, <laughs> and you can trick people like that, it works every fucking time.
0: Yeah. Oh, I was right about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you sure were. <laughs> I put it back in. It's hotter now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I would do that at the movie theater all the time, like if someone was like. Uh, this popcorn's stale. I'm with the fresh stuff, fully well knowing that the popcorn that they're holding is the same exact popcorn behind me. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, yeah, uh, let me get you a new one. Here you go. I'm like, mm, tastes so much better. <laughs> Does it? Okay, bye. It's the same fucking load. Ooh, load. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Roy tries to reach out and grab Leonard's shears, but he's a little protective of him. He's like, don't
0: touch those sorry sorry Uh, i came over the pond with only those did i tell you my blue jeans joke it usually tears the house down oh it kills every time and it does (laughs) again
1: it works again (laughs) but roy kind of goes on with this whole like thing with shears he pulls out his gun like see this is my tool uh you know i people think this is to destroy but with this gun i build loyalty a crew a neighborhood sometimes you gotta toss scraps away even for you and your line of work don't you Mm. Talking about killing people. Metaphor.
0: Mm-hmm. Keep mm-hmm.
1: me up to speed there, Steve. He's talking about killing. He's talking about killing. Sheesh. Sheesh. Uh, but this is the point where Roy's like, hey, it's been a long night. You've you're you're proving yourself loyal to me. You tried to save my son. I'm gonna let you live in a little secret. Have you ever heard about outfit what yeah it's a secret organization al capone himself started it and after he died it became a national underground united nations of the mob yeah (laughs) underground united nations uh and the only way they can join their the the outfit is they gotta put the la fontaine's in the doit yeah yeah They got to be so in the doit. They're going to see that underground United Nations. You know what I mean? Yes.
0: They're going to be <laughs> in
1: China. So this tape that everyone's looking for was actually acquired by the outfit, supposedly. So uh, the the FBI has been has bugged them. They have this tape as evidence. But the outfit got this tape so they can figure out who their rat is so that they can finally uh, put the LaFontaine's down, in I the doit. Uh But at this moment... As Roy's telling him this, like, hey, uh,
0: that's Richie's coat, my man. Where is Richie? Why are you telling me all this? Yeah. Because that's Richie's coat. Mm -hmm.
1: So he sees the coat that Leonard had taken so much care about in the beginning of the the movie. And he's like, hey, it's the middle of December in Chicago. No one's going outside without their coat. That's true. That's so true. I've been in Chicago in February. Terrible. Dude, I've been to Chicago in April. Terrible!
0: that <laughs> yeah. is the windy city.
1: Yeah, that that uh, Lake Michigan breeze. Oh my God, Freeze your nips. Yeah, cutting glass. Uh, I I love. Uh, Roy looks at monks like, "Hey, uh, what kind of person goes outside in the middle of December, in Chicago?" And monks like, "I ain't good at riddles." I <laughs> love that. <laughs> and later he answers a question, and he's like, "I thought you weren't good at riddles." <laughs> I love a good a good uh, mob sidekick. But he he kind of Monk points the gun at Leonard like, hey, you're going to tell me uh, you're going to tell me all about what happened to Richie. And he's like, well, Francis made me promise not to tell Francis shot. And at that moment, Francis walks in Francis, with Mabel. It's Maybelline.
0: Maybe uh, it's Mabel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, Francis is holding her at gunpoint. Uh, Roy is like, OK, what's going on here? Who did Francis shoot? What's going on? You can tell me not a man on earth can touch you. Mm-hmm. You can tell me. Your I cheeks got your will back. not be clapped whilst I'm alive. Yeah, so he, uh, Leonard kind of makes it the story on the spot. Because you get the impression, and maybe this wasn't ever going to happen, but you get the impression that Leonard was going to tell him, oh, Francis killed your son. Yeah, and he kind of
0: had to think on the fly here because Mabel was in trouble.
1: Yeah, so now Mabel's in trouble. Francis is there, and Francis given that, like, you can fucking tell him, I'll shoot this girl right now. And so he says... He makes up the story that uh, Francis shot four of LaFontaine's men. Richie didn't get a single one and he was embarrassed about it. So uh, he felt like he had to go, you know, get this tape back because he was embarrassed. And Richie told us, made us promise not to tell you about it because he's so embarrassed about getting getting a marble in him and not getting any retribution. Uh, But Mabel, she's Richie's girl. Everyone knows that. Richie likes to brag, says Monk. And Richie seems the type. He, He does seem to brag.
0: Yeah. And they're like, maybe he did go out without his coat because Mabel's house is right down the street. Maybe he just went to Mabel's mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So that and Francis kind of, I don't know if he's lying about this, but he's like, yeah, there's a blood stain on her he carpet. Lying. Uh, her dad was Ryan Sean. Oh, you're Ryan Sean's girl. I totally killed him. I mean, um, knew him. <laughs> I knew him. Shit happens. Shit happens in this neighborhood. An awful shame what happened to him. And I love that line. She says something like a lot of a weird thing about this neighborhood. A lot of people are sorry, but they never seem to know what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's a mob neighborhood. Uh, Francis suggests that Mabel is the rat.
0: <gasps>
1: How dare they? Um, so Roy's like, hey, let's get the lady talking. We're going to ten- we're gonna take her to the back, and we're going to torture her, basically. Uh, right. We'll clean up. Leonard, sorry about this. Uh, I know this sucks. We'll clean up afterwards. Don't you worry. <laughs> How nice of him. Yeah. That's like the nicest a mob boss is ever going to get to, I think. Like mm-hmm. We'll clean up. Don't you worry. We got some 409 right giddy up that's what i always say <laughs> uh but at this point leonard hears the flames again the crackling of flames we don't know what that's about uh the blood is dripping from the hutch that richie stuffed into or uh, the trunk or whatever yeah. he stuffed into uh and he kind of and then leonard kind of whips out this this thing like i understand how you feel i had a daughter There was a fire in my shop and my wife and girl were upstairs the shears were a gift from my wife uh, if you kill any one of us you won't find your child Right. Yeah. He's trying to appeal, emotional appeal. Mm-hmm. And the phone rings, because he's kind of walked himself towards the front of the room. The phone rings. He answers the phone. And I love how he does this. Like, oh, that's great news. <laughs> oh, Richie's home. How wonderful. We were looking for him. We were so worried. We were so worried. Great news. I just got off the phone. What's your house? Richie says to meet him on the 31st in Halstead. Let's go, everyone. And uh, Francis is, Francis is like, super suspicious, because he knows Richie's Rich, in the trunk. Richie's in the trunk. Who the fuck was on the
0: phone? What's your plan here, guy? Yeah, uh, he's like, "Yeah, I talked to you I talked to your boys." Cuz so Richie's no, plan was to frame Mabel and now so not Francis's only Francis's plan. Francis's plan was to frame Mabel. Mm-hmm. And so Francis is like, "But he can't directly say liar or he would out himself." And yeah. So it's a very tense awesome situation. Yeah. So good. So they're about to leave
1: to go to this place that the uh, Richie, quote unquote, told them to meet. And Francis like, hey, you know what? I'm going to stay behind. I'm going to make sure these two don't, uh, I don't know, go squealing into the coppers. Whatever. It's been a like crazy that. night. It has been. Uh, and this is the point where, you know, Francis kind of like, yo, what's your game, man? What is your game? And he's like, oh, isn't it obvious? Mabel is the rat. So Francis, yeah. or I'm sorry, Leonard knows Mabel is actually the rat, and Mabel's like, "What the fuck? How do you know?" Yeah, it's like, "Oh, you've been selling information to La Fontaine, so you can finally get out of Chicago." And she's been communicating with the La Fontaines via these like snow globes, and eventually she started helping out the f. She helped. She helped the FBI plant the bugs in their store, and this is she's wrapped up in this whole big conspiracy. Talk a little bit
0: about that. Like, like just to explain what's going on. Yeah, because I'm a I'm not hundred percent. Because it. she was dating Richie and he is a braggart, a braggadocio, mm-hmm. and so that's where she got the idea. Because she's a girl who just wants to get out of this town, right? That hence her obsession with the snow globes. And so she, while talking to Richie's dumbass, realized she was getting enough information to sell it to the LaFontaines. In order to cover her ass with selling stuff to the LaFontaines, she decided to involve the FBI. Uh, so that she didn't get caught and killed for doing that. So she could just mm-hmm. put them all in jail was her new plan. And Leonard was aware of all of this because not a thing goes on in that shop he doesn't know about. It. He's mm-hmm. trying to protect her. And so before it all goes bottom up, he Tits started up. helping out. Yeah, titties up. He started helping out like three months ago. So he created the outfit thing and this is all his plan coming to fruition to free Mabel and get her some money mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for the road.
1: She says, hey, you got your hustle. I got mine. Um and eventually like uh Francis is like, Oh, so you did steal the tape? And Leonard's like, Nope, that was me. I put it in my jacket pocket.
0: Yeah. And then takes yeah. the stitches out and shows him the tape.
1: Uh Mabel's kind of shocked that she's helping or he's helping Please, her. you're helping
0: me the whole time. Fuck you. I t- I did I need to need I you. I take care of myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would have died. So now they have a new plan.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So now they have a new plan. Mabel's going to tell the LaFontaine's where to ambush Roy and the rest of the the Boyle crew. Is that their last name? I think so, yeah. Uh... And, and then they can come and they can sell the tape. And this way, Francis can kind of he's kind of on board with this plan because, you know, now he doesn't have to hide from Roy. And he can like be, step up and become the leader of this crew. You can run crew. the boil crew. You can run the boil crew. I'll teach you how to use more scissors if you want to. And it's this great. Again, Leonard is such a gaslighting son of a bitch. And like the he's using gaslighting for good. Uh, like where, a superhero. Where Francis like, I took six bullets for that man. And Leonard's like, oh, yeah. How many bullets has he taken
0: for you? But that's just facts.
1: Yeah. Well, today's the day you don't need him anymore. Oh man. Option A, they come back and kill us all. Or option B, you turn on your boss and he elects for option B. Uh, she calls the, the Fontaines. Uh, they're gonna swap tape the 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 outfit tape for cash uh, because the the Fontaines probably they think in their mind they would want that tape so that maybe they could be in the outfit or are they just like fuck the outfit
0: or where's, who? they don't think they can be in the outfit. They want the tape because they're incriminated on it as well.
1: Yes, that's right. Yes. Thank you. Um, so, so yeah, they're going to set up this deal. Uh, Francis wants to kill the, the leader of La Fontaine. Is her name just La Fontaine? Yeah, that's all we know. Yeah. Her name is just La Fontaine. Mm -hmm. So he wants to kill her and they're like, Hey, we're going to do a signal. Uh, uh, well you you give the signal. Francis is going to pop out and sh- and kill La Fontaine. And as he goes and hides, Mabel's like he's going to kill us too. Like as soon as he jumps, we give the signal. And l- and Leonard already knew that.
0: And he's like, no shit, love, no shit. Uh, so La F- killed ninety six men and six women, but they were mean ones. <laughs> they they had it coming.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what was the signal like? The count's good. Like one of them would say, "It's all yeah. here, basically. Like yeah. money's all here." Uh, but Fontaine arrives. Uh, oh, which one of you has oh. <laughs> Which one of you has a tape? <laughs> <laughs> but they want to see the money first. But Before Mabel can actually say, looks all good here.
0: Leonard steps up and is like, hey, uh, there's a little sneaky bitch in the corner. He's going to hop out and shoot you. Hold up. Where's the money? And he's like pointing at the corner and making a gun sign with his hand. Pew, 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 mm-hmm. pew, 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 pew. And he's like doing a barrel roll. And he starts like doing charades, and he makes like a shadow puppet with a bird. It's bizarre. It's Very impressive. It There's several costume changes. In <laughs> well, he's a tailor. Yeah. Well, a cutter. Yeah, a cutter. Yeah. Don't don't offend him.
1: Uh, but Francis hops out, and he's got all the guns drawn on him already. He knows he's fucked, but he's still trying to sort of let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. See, I'll take the money. You guys all suck my dick,
0: and he's he's a terrible negotiator. Yeah, the the deal that he suggests is like,
1: "Hey, I understand you don't have a lot to work with, and you're trying to get out of it somehow." Uh, But yeah, he's like, "Okay, I got a deal. You give me all that money, and I just get to leave with my life. Easy. Thanks. Good deal. What you get in return is you don't get to have a death on your conscience today."
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he could theoretically kill the La Fontaine leader. Uh, oh, that's true. He, yeah, which if, is why their he, plan sucked. If
1: he dies, he can still at least maybe get a shot on her yeah. and kill her. Uh, but she, La Fontaine has this great thing where, like, you people didn't care about anything we did in this town until we started making real money, and now that we're actually making real money, uh, uh, all you come in here with your slick back hair, you act like spoiled children who'd rather break their own toys rather than someone else play with them. Yeah. And it should be said, I don't know if we mentioned, but everyone in the La F- La Fontaine crew are, are black. And so you've got this uh, super, what do you call that, Italian? They're Italian, right? They're, they're Irish. Irish. It's an Irish mob, and there's like an African-American group here, and they're clashing. And I guess I do, they're
0: from, I don't know, like Haiti or something? Because they're, was it, would that explain the French? Oh, yeah, that would.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that would. Yeah, I like that. Um, but I do like that little bit, like, hey, you sons of bitches. Because, I mean, that is true. What you say it says is true. I mean, there's like a lot of evidence, like when, um, Uh, 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 shit. Why am I blanking on the word desegregation? When desegregation happened in the South, there were like community pools that were like you know only white people can go to the pool. But as soon as desegregation happened the communities are like, we will fucking explode that pool. Right. We won't enjoy. If, if we have to enjoy that with people who aren't white, no one can enjoy it. And they would literally destroy their own community. Yeah. Things just because, oh, how dare someone of a different skin color deal with this. So I like, I think that was such a good line. Like you're spoiled children who'd rather break their own toys rather than someone else play with them. It's really good. Um, let's see. Uh, and, and so like Leonard says something like, Hey, uh, you have nothing to fear from this guy. Oh, why is that? Because I removed all the bullets from his gun earlier in the night. Which is a
0: lie, but, <laughs> but when he checks it, it gives him the the, the opening they need to, to shoot riddle it. him with bullets.
1: Yeah, because he takes that moment to look at it like, really? And yeah. he, it's a total lie. He didn't touch his gun at all, but in that moment. He was yeah.
0: just a G about it. Like, mm-hmm. this will work.
1: Fucking Francis, a gaslighting
0: G. And That's then, what
1: the G stands for. Yeah.
0: Bespoke. <laughs> And so Mabel gets her money. The LaFontaine's get a fake tape because he informs Mabel when they leave his plan the whole time. The outfit was fake. He's the one that fabricated all of this. He planted mm-hmm. all the outfit notes.
1: The narration he's been giving has yes. been what he's been recording on the tapes. It's actually, it's there's no bug or anything.
0: To the untrained eye, a suit is made of two pieces. <laughs> it's great. If you've got to the end of this recording, I just want to say suck my dick (laughs) (laughs) the cops are coming fuck you and everyone you know they're right behind you (laughs) I even timed
1: it out perfectly (laughs) (laughs) honestly I wouldn't be shocked if that happened no Um, yeah uh, yeah so she so he basically kind of helped her out the the boils are all dead they were they were killed in the ambush yeah the
0: Lafontaine's admitted to killing
1: them Francis is he's he's seemingly dead the LaFontaine's are about to be taken in by the FBI because now Mabel kind of goes in and gives, gives them the real evidence they, she can use to incriminate them so she's free of that uh, and now she has this big chunk of money too that they, they got from the Fontaine. Mm-hmm. so she can actually go out and have her life that he wanted to have for her um, he says I started over before it'll be easy the second time she tries to get him to come with her and he has this great line where he's like I, you will not spend your best years taking care of my remaining few Oh, yeah. And he did this in a way like she's she, she's like, I could have done this without your help. And he says, like, I'm sure you could have. But this way, the blood is on my hands and not yours.
0: And I thought that was so sweet. Oh, like, yeah. he's such a good man. He tries so hard to be good, but it's tough. It's... Sometimes you got to kill a motherfucker. <laughs> it's true. That's basically what happens next. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like doing
1: this. She says she wished she could have met um, his real daughter or real wife. Maybe I can't tell which one. she was both about. really essentially. Uh, and Mabel leaves. Uh, And then we get the last little bit of narration from Leonard. He says, finishing could be the hottest part. But as he's kind of like setting fire to his shop, he's kind of staging his like grand exit from this life in this town. You see, Francis is still fucking alive.
0: Shoots him in the arm. Yeah, Francis shoots him in the arm. And chases him around like, with a knife. He kind of like,
1: oh, don't hurt me. I'm just a cutter.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm pipping the dog. Oh, no,
1: please don't hurt me. I'm just licking my butt right now. <laughs> uh, and, and this is when, yeah, so Leonard kind of gives his big spiel, like how he used to actually be in some sort of British mob uh, he reveals all the prison tattoos he has, uh, but he wanted to get out of the lifestyle. He hid from them on the road, which is where he met his wife, Vera. His They had their daughter, Lily. He learned a craft. He learned how to be a cutter. But then eventually uh, those people caught up to him, and they're the ones that set fire to his shop and killed his family. And it is in this moment, he says, like, I put on these clothes to try to convince myself that
0: I'm civilized. But then he stabs Francis with the shears. Well, it was a cool moment, too, because he came to Chicago to escape the violence, the gangsters, all that stuff, and also to mourn his wife and daughter. But he's like, and the first fucking person I walk into was, like, one of the biggest leaders of the mob in the area. Yeah. And so he hates them. And that's why he's setting up the LaFontaine's, because I kind of commiserated with the LaFontaine's in this movie. But that's why he took them down, too. Like, he just hates the whole... Underworld. Organized
1: crime, yes, because yeah, that took everything from him.
0: Yes, it's a cool backstory,
1: and I do like how he's, he so he stabs Francis and he gets on him and he looks like he's gonna like let his inner rage out, but he like doesn't actually. He stays composed. He stays. He, like, Plus he's already dead. He's already. Yeah, he dies. He just kind of doesn't look quite as uh, uncivilized by stabbing yeah. him like that. And then as the flames get scarier, it's not perfect. You got to make your peace with that. How? He starts again and he just calmly walks out of his shop which is on fire in the middle of the day and f- roll credits what a
0: awesome movie baller I yeah. love it so much my second viewing I liked it doubled in the first and I adored it the first time um, so Jeanette thank you so much for suggesting that yeah, we watch this as a team I hope all of you enjoyed it I watched it for I should have said this at the top but it was on prime video uh, no way in hell you made it this far and didn't know where to watch it. Mm -hmm. Or true. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, good point. Prime Video. Go check it out if you're in the States. Big fan. Graham, great first outing. I know you're a big fan of the show. Can't (laughs) wait to see your second feature. He loves it. Jonathan Uh, McClain, I love your work on the Nakatomi Plaza, Indeed. but also great work on this movie. <laughs> and as the FBI agent. Um, so, yeah, that's all the time we've got for right now. Don't forget to email the show at streamingthingspod at gmail.com. You can go to patreon.com slash streaming things and become a member. If you want to suggest movies like this for us to review or join the discord or get extra bonus after hours coverage or the poll movies, any of that stuff is all on there. We Follow- also have
1: a new website. Yeah.
0: Streamingthingspod.com. Th- dot com. Go check it out. The only one I've ever heard of that ends in dot com. Mm-hmm. It's special. Mm-hmm. It's really great. Mando Jin made the website for us, one of Incredible our fellow job. patrons. Mm-hmm. Great job. And uh, so grateful to her for that. So that's it. Kit Laser out. And I'm Steve. Well, I did it backwards. <laughs> so that's all the time we have for right now. My name's Chris. And I'm Steve. It's Kit. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this was streaming things. And that was a mess. <laughs> <laughs>
1: bro uh they 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 have a uh, <laughs> I don't know what noise I made with <laughs>